Well, hey there, Cove Church. So glad you're with us. Here we are on the weekend after Thanksgiving. It is officially Christmas time. Yay! Woo! A uh, time we think of images like busy sidewalks and Yuletide gatherings and goodwill to all people. Perhaps it hasn't felt just like that for you. Maybe not for me either. Which is the very reason that I believe God wants to give us an early Christmas present this year. Uh, a gift that speaks directly to our struggles, our frustrations, our worries, our disappointments. And that gift is the gift of peace. God's peace. Real peace. A peace given to us from God. That, that's what makes it so different because it's not limited in the ways you think peace would be limited. Uh, God's peace is not tied to our circumstance. It's not tied to our own abilities. No, God's peace is tied directly to him. As Sheila Walsh said, peace is not found in the absence of trouble. Peace is found in the presence of God. So as we enter this season, we do so in hopes of bringing light to a very dark time, which is why we're calling this series, All is Bright. Here we are reminded of the nature of the light that we are called to bring to this world, starting today with this understanding that we are called to bring the light of peace to us and to others. Now to help us with that, there's some folks in the original Christmas story that actually carried the, the light of God's peace themselves, uh, a peace that they experienced amidst their own frailties, their own uncertainties, their own disappointments. Some folks that got that first invitation to God's great work, front row seats to the unveiling of God's redemptive plan. Now these folks were unique in that they weren't maybe quite who you would imagine God would use for something like this. They, they weren't heralds. They were really more like hermits. They weren't influencers. They were really seen more as inferiors, not leaders, but loners. I speak of the shepherds, these gritty, earthy recluses. They, they smelled of campfire smoke and wet wool. They were as unconnected, as uninfluential, and as ill-favored as any were in their time. In fact, in Joseph's day, back in Genesis 46, the Egyptians made it clear they despised shepherds, and really not much had changed. But as with all of the cast of the Christmas story, they are there in part to teach us something. And what they teach us may come as a surprise because they teach us about Peace, the peace that God wants to give us, especially this Christmas. We desperately need peace because that is the gift that changes everything. And the first thing I would point out is this, that God's peace changes how we act. Let's read from Luke chapter 2, starting verse 8. Let's read it together. Big voices, go. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, 
For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. I love that. They, they went with haste. Another translation says they, they hurried off. They, they ran as fast as they could. Do you hear the urgency here? They had to see what God was doing. And part of what God was doing was bringing to the world peace. That's what this army of angels was declaring. Glory in heaven, peace on earth. See, the impact of heaven on earth is peace. Remember, we, we don't always see it out there, do we? But we can still experience genuine peace in here. Because peace on earth begins with peace in us. Starting with peace between us and God. That's the invitation for all of us. And that's what shattered this quiet, ordinary night in the fields for the shepherds. This was not a declaration of war. This was a declaration of peace. And this interruption of God's presence, it, it changed how they acted. I love how it starts. Angel shows up. They are filled with fear. <laughs> and of course, the reply from the angel is, fear not. It's okay. Don't get your robes in a bunch. It's going to be fine. So in the beginning, they're totally afraid. And yet by the end, they're not afraid at all. They're saying, we, we just have to go see this thing that God has done. That is a big change. See, peace on earth led to action on earth. So often I think we see peace as this passive thing, but it's not. This declaration of peace on earth led to kingdom action. They moved. Let's go. Let's go see this thing. It was like, hey, guys, grab a sheep, mount up, let's ride, let's go see this thing happen. This was not a passive approach to the Messiah. The shepherd's reply wasn't, oh, Messiah's born, huh, in Bethlehem? Well, you know, babies, they don't really move around that much. They don't go too far. We've got time. You know, let me check my calendar. Let's see, I've got a sheer fluffy tomorrow. That's going to take all day. And then, of course, there's lamb obedience school that starts the day after. I've got mutton busting tryouts this weekend, so I don't want to move that. And, of course, the annual bath for the sheep and for me. So many things on the calendar. Maybe I'll swing by the end of next week. No, that wasn't their response at all. There was this sold-out, fervent urgent passion to see God's gift. There was action tied to this. And so they went with haste as, as fast as they could with everything that they had. They wanted to meet the Messiah. They wanted to be a part of God's story to experience this peace 
that had been promised. Nothing would have come before that for them. They went with fervency. They went immediately. They moved. The question is, will we respond to God's invitation the same way? Reminds me of uh, this year, uh, the lights at Lane Event Center that we're doing, our Christmas Eve services that we're doing at Lane Event Center. And, and I've been thinking, you know, how it's been so difficult with, with gathering restrictions and mandates to have services here, yet by God's grace, we'd already planned this way to gather that's actually being encouraged in these times. Basically, for two-thirds of December, Lane Event Center becomes an extension of our sanctuary. For those first two weekends of the lights, we present that, that show not only as a, as a source of laughter and joy and wonder, but we present the truth of the Christmas story to all who come. And then we're inviting those folks to join us from one of our five Christmas Eve services where we gather and share the hope of Jesus in the same way, in that same place, in our cars, in a drive-up experience. See, we may feel like so much has been hindered, but Jesus isn't hindered, which is why we're inviting all of you to be a part of this, to, to serve at the lights and to serve at Christmas Eve and to bring your friends and to bring your family to share with us. In, in fact, this year's harvest offering is, is basically focused on these events because we realize how essential they are to loving our community. We so need the light of God's love in these days, don't we? That's what these events will make possible. So I thank you already for praying and asking Jesus how you will be involved. But see, this is faith in action. We move. We invest. We don't hold anything back. That's what it means to follow Christ. You know, when Jesus refers to his disciples, you never see him describe a partial Christ follower. There's no such thing. In Matthew 8, there was this guy that was thinking about following Jesus, and he said, well, I've got some stuff to do at home. I'll finish that, and then I'll follow you. And Jesus' reply was, no, to follow me is to put me first. In Matthew 10, Jesus says, whoever is not willing to take up his cross and die to self and follow me is not worthy of me. To the rich man, he said, give everything to the poor, then follow me. We don't see Jesus ever inviting us to just give a portion of our lives. Faith is a leap, not a slide. And the worst thing is to kind of stop halfway, to be lukewarm. In fact, God says in Revelation that that is not a faith at all. It's a faith you spit out like bad Kool-Aid. The invitation of Jesus is always to give everything. To be his disciples is a call to give all, not a suggestion to give some because of this. Jesus wants to accomplish two things in us, to prepare our lives for heaven and prioritize our lives for earth. Jesus makes it very clear. And the question is, will we still try to attempt to create this discipleship that requires less than all? 
that requires less resolve, less commitment, less sacrifice, less love. Basically saying to Jesus, it's going to be more of me, less of you, instead of hearing the cry of John the Baptist, which is saying to Jesus, more of you, less of me. Now, I get it. Certainly all of us are on a journey. And, and like you, I'm still discovering places in my life that I've yet to yield to Jesus. But we've got to be very careful because we live in a culture that wants us to embrace selfishness at every level. Basically saying here that I want Jesus, but I want Jesus my way. And that happens totally in church culture as well. And these are the things in us that have to die. He says, follow me. That means to give everything. Now, why would Jesus say that? Is it because Jesus is just so greedy? Absolutely not. Jesus invites us to this kind of commitment, to this kind of action because of this. When we give our lives fully to Jesus, Jesus can give his life fully to us. It's only by giving all of the facets of our life to him that they finally become what they were supposed to be. Every part of our life, be it money or relationships or sexuality or identity, Jesus says, give it all to me. And we're only willing to do that when our relationship with Jesus moves from convenience to conviction, from comfort to compassion. The shepherds' first experience of peace changed their action. They said, let's go now. Let's do something different. Nothing could keep the shepherds from seeing the Messiah, from experiencing this promised peace. It's true for them. Could it be true for us? Because God's peace changes how we act. That's the first thing. Here's the second thing. God's peace changes how we speak. Luke 2, 17, 18, let's read it. Big voices go. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. The shepherds come and they witness this impossible scene, a child born of a virgin lying in a manger. Now, although the shepherds were certainly not your social butterflies, right? They were probably more confident talking to animals than they were talking to people. Those same shepherds declared all of God's truth about what had happened there. They made this declaration about the gift of peace that was given on that silent night, showing us this fact that the smallest voice can make the largest impact if it declares the greatest truth. Maybe you feel a little bit like a shepherd today. Maybe you don't feel like you have some great platform given to you, some great role of leadership, some command of thousands. Maybe you're more comfortable with animals than you are with people. And you think, well, who would listen to me, you know? I'm, I'm a plumber, not a politician. I, I work on computers, not hearts. But what the shepherds show us is this. Our influence is not decided by our occupation. It's decided by our obedience. 
that every one of us can carry this message unto us. A son is given because the container is not what matters. It's the contents that change lives. That means your voice matters. So will you use it? We're told in scripture that we all carry this message in jars of clay. The point of that being that we're all common, we're all ordinary vessels that carry God's life to the world. I was talking to a friend once uh, who was, the friend was involved in the transportation of, of organs, not like piano organs, but like bodily organs and not black market, you know, legit doing it for hospitals and that sort of thing. And I asked my friend, what, what, what do you carry the organs in? Because I, I imagine it would have to be some really high-tech piece of equipment, you know, like digital readouts and built-in refrigeration and, and all this stuff, time codes and, and special fingerprint scanners and stuff, because you're carrying this rare life-giving cargo. You must have something like that. I said, what do you carry them in? He said, well, actually, we carry them in Coleman coolers. <laughs> I said, you're kidding. He said, no. Straight up Coleman cooler. I said, the same, guy, same kind of thing that guy's carrying his beer in. That's where you're carrying the organs in. Yep, exactly the same thing. And I found myself thinking, such extraordinary contents carried by such an ordinary vessel is true for him, and it's also true for us. We carry this cargo of grace that decides life and death. We are all basically just the Coleman coolers of God's presence. We're carrying the life of Christ within us. See, Jesus tells us that we are the, the temple of the Holy Spirit. Our container is ordinary, but the contents save the world. These shepherds, they, they walked that out. They actually ran that out. These people of no influence, of no impact, no voice, they simply made known what they had heard and what they'd seen. It was obedience. And it says everyone who heard them speak wondered. See, we must never forget to make known what we have seen God do in our lives. Your story with God, it matters. So tell it. Don't tell it in weird ways or insensitive ways. Just don't leave God out of your story. Because the story that God is writing in you brings wonder. I think we get too caught up in the containers, you know, in roles that we play, in positions and, and gifts, that, well, someone else should say that because I, I, I don't think I could, or, or someone else should invite that person, not me. And, and, and here we see that the message of Christ is given for all, and it's delivered by all. Because we, just like the shepherds, we're Coleman coolers. We, we carry the one who brings everlasting peace. We're like the UPS drivers of the kingdom. We're not just delivering Amazon orders. We are delivering God's presence. And if shepherds can have that kind of impact, so can we. Because God's peace changes how we speak.
That's the second thing. Here's the last thing. God's peace changes who we are. Luke 2, 19 and 20, let's finish the passage. Big voices go. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. And it had been told to them. So the shepherds, they returned to the fields. They weren't worrying anymore, but they were worshiping now. <laughs> they weren't shaking in fear. They were actually shouting in praise. As we saw, they, they didn't start out that way. They started out scared. I mean, you remember when the angel first showed up? They were, were filled with great fear, we're told. But by the end of this night, they were different. What was different? Well, the peace of God transformed them. That's what God wants to do with you and me. I know for many of us, this is a fearful time. We're afraid perhaps regarding COVID. We're afraid because of what government shutdowns mean. We're, we're afraid regarding all the unknowns that surround us, which is why God wants to bring his peace to our fear. How did that happen with the shepherds? Well, they let God do it. They gave God permission to do that. They let go of fear and they took hold of faith and it changed them. See, what that tells me about their hearts is that they were moldable. Their hearts were pliable. Their hearts were able to change. See, within the Christmas story is the hope that my heart can change. That, that we see hermits become heralds, and we see recluses become reporters, and wanderers become worshipers. If that can happen with them, maybe I can be transformed as well. Because although the message they carried changed others, the message they carried also changed them. And that's what God wants to do with us. You know, um, the dog we had before Swagger was Bo. I've talked about Bo before. And uh, when Bo was alive, all, he, one of his favorite treats was carrots. He ate tons of carrots. Now, Swagger is more a sweet potato dog now. That's what we've learned. But, but Bo was a carrot dog. He ate lots and lots of carrots, which was handy for a lot of different reasons. It certainly made it easy when I was trying to clean up the deposits in the backyard. They all had little hunter orange vests on, which was nice. I could find them really easy in the yard. That was helpful. But the other side of that was this, that because of this constant input of carrots, Bo's paws actually took on an orange hue. Like he was wearing little orange shoes all the time. And it was amazing to watch because eventually what he carried on the inside affected what we saw on the outside. That can and must be true for every Christ follower. That grace received inwardly ultimately becomes a grace expressed outwardly. That peace given to us becomes peace given through us. And if that's not happening in our lives, then something's incomplete. Something is yet to be redeemed. 
See, this is the goal of our church. It should be the goal of every Christ follower that all we do points to God's love. It points to God's peace. For the, sh the shepherds, it was a shift from panic to peace. And it seems like the same thing should happen to us. Oh, there's lots of people panicking right now. Yet we are called to be vessels of peace. And it becomes possible when we give Jesus whole hearts, all of who we are. The shepherds show us that because God's peace changes who we are. With that, I'll wrap up with this. Among uh, my fondest memories of my boys when they were first born, amidst the, the lack of sleep and the tiny little diapers and the constant effort in caring for newborns, my favorite memories would be those evenings when they would simply fall asleep in my arms. And in fact, I can remember when Ethan uh, was just first born. It was, he was born in October, so he was just two months old when it came to Christmas time. And so his first Christmas, that's how old he was. And I remember having him fall asleep in my arms as I was lying on the couch, and I, I didn't want to wake him by like turning on the TV to pass the time, so I ended up just forced to sit there in quietness, holding him, just me and him, in the Christmas tree. And I can still remember the peace of that moment. I could hear his tiny breaths as he breathed in and out. I could hear the tick-tock of the clock. It was peace. A peace that I would have never experienced had it not been for the presence of a baby. Now, granted, eventually that peace would be interrupted by that same baby. But it does make me wonder if that's part of why God did what God did on Christmas. That involved a baby. Because babies force you to be present. They force the world to stop. They force us to simply be there. And in that presence, we finally experience the peace we've been longing for. I know that's what Jesus is offering to each of us today. It's a peace that changes our actions and our words and our hearts. And it's a peace that's available to you right now. A peace beyond your circumstance. Because it's a peace that's not found in a place. It's found in a person. His name is Jesus. And I just would invite you right now in this moment, if that's you, if you want that peace, I just invite you to raise your hand where you are. You can click on the little raise hand button on your screen. Just say, yeah, that's me. I want the peace of Jesus. And as you're raising your hand, guess what? Jesus is meeting you right now with his peace. So the invitation for all of us is this. Would we stop in this moment? Would we be present, knowing that the promise from God is that we, each of us, could experience real peace in him? With that, let's pray.